Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hello there, and thanks uh, for joining us again on the podcast. Mike Williams here with uh, the story of the day. We're going to call it, So That's Why. And what am I referencing? Well, not just the markets and the economy and the angst and hype about all the terrible things that await us, uh, but as well, boy, what about that political situation? Man, it's never been nastier, right? Well, it has been this nasty before. It was back in the 60s. Back then, we called them the hippies. Uh, you remember the Vietnam War and the, the rallies and the protests and the gas cans being thrown back and forth and police in armored gear. Remember all that? Listen, my colleague Ken Gronbach, who is uh, certainly the leader of the world of demographics, and it helps uh, all of us accomplish the things that we accomplish as a team. Let me give you his perspective for a second on politics, and I think it'll help you understand why this is happening. He puts it this way, imagine a line left to right that represented people 0 to 100 years old. Now, on one end, you have extreme liberals on the left who are young and have nothing to lose, and extreme conservatives on the right who have amassed wealth, worked hard, and don't want to share it. Now, they'll share some of it, but not all of it. In between, you have moderates who buffer the extremes economically, politically, and socially. In that circumstance, life is good when evenly balanced. Now, significantly decrease the critical mass of the middle-aged moderates, limiting their power to buffer, and what do you have? Well, you have the current United States political arena, unbuffered extremes. And my hunch is that's a a better perspective of understanding the big picture. Because you know what happened after the 70s? The world got a lot better. When we finished that demographic imbalance, the same thing will follow as Gen Y comes into the system even more. Okay? It'll, it'll create things that are a surprise. As we said in a few podcasts ago, out of left field. So here we are ending the Q1 with a holiday-shortened week. Uh, those of you listening before Easter, we certainly hope you have a great one, you and yours, a holiday weekend for those that don't celebrate Easter. So all of our friends in the Jewish community, uh, happy Passover. Uh, had you fallen asleep before Christmas and woke up this weekend? <laughs> Not much has changed. Like we said earlier, after the worst start in 80 years, we've had the best recovery in 80 years. But now what? You know, under the tagline of, what have you done for me lately? It's becoming clear the natives are restless. We've begun to witness the crowd form a mass anxiety process. We fret over the end of the world, and we fret over the delay of the end of the world, and then we fret over not knowing what happens if the end of the world is not here yet. 
it has become seemingly a self-fulfilling, never-ending cycle. Keep in mind, we showed you in previous podcasts that the widely followed technical factors that called for extreme breakdowns tend to quickly have the opposite effect, which of course leads to another pattern. For now, we've run smack into the middle of the latest Fed chatter. Fed chatter, well, what does that mean? That means the, the Fed, having just finished practically their latest uh, uh, meeting and telling us they've paused, uh, we, <laughs> we're, we're literally not, uh, not very far away from that meeting and, and the level of chatter from Fed officials in recent days um, is once again on the high end as they try to once again direct perception. What happened to the good old days when we didn't have all this transparency? I vote we go back to the same. The last thing in the world most market participants need with such frazzled nerves as we have today is yet more data, more innuendo, and more chatter from which they can take a guess at what it might mean. And believe me, it is a guess. That's it, a guess. The Fed's inflation outlook eased between December and March. We argue it should have probably increased. And the FOMC meeting in March, it sort of resulted in a dovish perspective. Well, <laughs> a few Fed officials have already turned more hawkish because certainly they don't want anybody to think they're dovish, right? My guess is they'll scare the heck out of everybody again, and then they'll have to show that, wait a minute, we're not that hawkish. We're, we're actually sort of dovish. If you're laughing, it's designed that way. So while the talk is again focused on rate hikes, a topic we cannot seem to get too far away from, the data in some areas of the U.S. is improving. So you have to ask yourself, remember what I told you about out of left field? It's not always bad news. Sometimes the surprise is good. As we've suggested in recent podcasts, some of the economic indicators suggest that the U.S. economy could be turning for the better after a lengthy rest stop, a pause, a period of catching our energy. That would be a big surprise indeed, given all the recession fears as this first quarter comes to an end. Consider the following. We just hit record tonnage in the truck business. February was a superior month for truck tonnage. The American Truckers Association measure of truck tonnage soared 7.2% this month and 8.6% more than last year. And maybe important to note that the index has been a good indicator of the broader economy since trucks, oddly enough, account for 69% of the tonnage carried by all carriers. This latest number puts it at a new record high. Now you tell me, how in the world could an organization like the United States economy be going into a recession when we literally just hit record highs in many, many categories? One, a very important one, the, the stuff we're moving around. Now look, as one might expect, the media was quick to tell you what's bad about that record high. Because, look, the strength was mainly due to a weaker-than-average economy in January. 
including all those bad winter storms. And plus, there was some catch-up going on in February. Well, look, um, that might explain the bounce in the short term, but it doesn't explain a record new high. And look, it's coast to coast, because you have to ask yourself, well, what are the trucks hauling? What are they moving around? Well, interestingly enough, imports have surged recently at our West Coast ports. Inbound traffic of 20-foot containers, you know, those things you see stacked on ships and pictures. Well, those things are taken off those ships and by cranes and dropped onto a tractor trailer, and then they move in around the country. Those containers made a good showing during February, also jumping 8.8% year over year based on a 12-month moving sum. Guess what? That's a new record, too. But you know what? The Fed, the Fed, I'm sorry, the media told us that's a bad thing because really all it shows you is you're just responding to the strikes that were at the West Coast ports last year. Nah, that might sell headlines, but don't fall for it. As we covered in recent notes, the most recent manufacturing business survey results have come in pretty strong for three of the earliest reporting Fed districts, New York, Philadelphia, and Richmond. The average of their composite manufacturing indexes shot straight up from the lows we saw in February of minus 7.8 to get this a positive 11.7 this month, the highest since November of 2014. And that's kind of interesting. So what's it telling you? The hard stuff that moves around our economy, it's at record highs. So remember what I told you about a left field. Watch left field because the surprises are coming. Not, to na not now, not next week. It might take another few quarters. But the power is building. The rest stop is about to end. I always like to include some things from colleagues. We have our great friends in Scotland, Alan Steele Asset Management. They run, the, they run the best shop in Europe, won awards all over the place. And Alan has a great little blog that he writes and always great wisdom. Here's one of his latest uh, that I've uh, coined uh, and added in here with his blessings. Get this, in the, I'm, I'm quoting here, in the 43 years since I became an IFA, I have never known a client who, number one, sold out of the stock market because of widespread fear, and then, number two, and here's the kicker, got back in after it had dropped. All of them have said, he goes on to say, quote, I'll buy in again when it's better, unquote. But the real world translation is that they were selling low and buying high, and that ticket to ride offers no thrills and plenty of heartache over time. And when they did panic, he says, they sold in that panic. It was usually due to headline hysteria, those fear-laden scribblings that are more often than not written by young journalists with no money or experience of same themselves. So it comes as little surprise why for 25 years in the U.S., Dow Bar statistics show the average investor consistently year after year underperforms the indices in the marketplace by 4 to 6% per annum. I'll put a percentage on that for you, Mike here again. 
Alan's great info there is certainly something to think about. But here's the percentage, 29%. If you look at the last 30 years, the average investor has received, give or take a point on either side of this number, 29% of what the stock market has delivered. So the next time you feel yourself thinking, the stock market sucks, it's not the stock market. The stock market and the economy does what it does. It performs, it learns, it adjusts, it overcomes, and it grows. That's what history tells us. And the stock market follows over time. What causes it to feel like it sucks is the emotional reaction and interplay that we have as humans with that engine. Okay, remember that the next time you feel like it stinks, the next time you are afraid, the next time you're certain the end is near, and the next time you hear one of your colleagues or friends tell you that the stock market sucks, remember this podcast and have a little chuckle on us. So I hope these thoughts have been helpful. And uh, until we see you again on the next podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant. Thanks again.